Welcome to Anything Goes, the best geek and pop culture podcast broadcasting from Long Island, New York. I'm your host, Timothy Rooney, and we're back with another podcast about Power Rangers. And since the last episode covered the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers movie, I thought it would be fitting to cover the other major theatrical release uh, when it comes to Power Rangers before the new one, the 2017 version, comes out. So I'm talking about Turbo, a Power Rangers movie. And just like the last podcast when I talked about the Power Rangers, I had a guest with me, and that guest is back. But just in case you haven't heard that, who is with me today? My name is Chris Maffei, and I'm not amused. You're not amused, are you? No, I'm not. Oh, but I'm boy. very happy to be here. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> Uh, like, I was looking forward to this all day. I'm like, oh, we, we get to watch a Power Rangers movie. We get to talk about it. I mean, <laughs> and then a few minutes into it, I'm like, oh, right. This is yeah. the reason why I didn't watch this as much as the first one. But before we go any further, I mean, I think we should have the theme song first, and then we'll jump into a review. So let's jump into a review of Turbo, a Power Rangers movie, right now. Hit it. <laughs> actual we start talking about the movie itself what what was your first reaction or when was, when was the first time you saw this movie do you if you could remember that this is actually the first time that i've seen this entire movie really yeah i've seen parts of it i don't know when or how actually i think most of my exposure to it came from history of power rangers that uh that video series yeah. I'd never seen this entire thing, though. I'm mm. pretty sure I'd saw, like, the first 20 minutes of it one time and then just gave up. Gotcha. But no, uh, don't have the fond memories for this movie that I did for the first one. Safe to say. Right. Hmm. And it's funny that, like, because, of course, when we did our Mighty Morphin Power Rangers the movie review, we kind of gushed about the movie before it began, and... and even at the end when we recognized the problems that movie had, we're still able to be like, eh, it's still not too bad. I wonder if we still had, if we had significant memories, like nostalgia tied with this movie, would we be so harsh on this movie? That's an interesting question. I would say no, because the thing that the first movie had going for it that this movie does not have was Ivan Ooze. Yeah. A delightful man. A man we know and love, Ivan Ooze, we love him, we know him. There was no such thing in Turbo, a Power Rangers movie. There was no such man. No. Oh. But before we go on, before let's actually jump into the movie. Movie opens up with narration, and, more narration and voiceover, just like at the first movie uh, opened up. So at this moment, I'm just like, oh, okay, they're keeping things pretty consistent. So I, I think... Things are looking up. Nothing's going wrong right here. Instead of Dulcia, it's uh, Zordon actually doing the uh, exposition here. Yeah, fake Zordon, as fake, I like to call him. 
Why do you call him fake Zordon? Because he's not like the Mighty Morphin uh, version of him? He's not the real Zordon, damn it. Uh, I mean, well... Sounds like a guy doing it. Sounds like a guy doing a cheap impression. Let's be honest here. All right, I'll give you that. It's definitely because it, it's because like original Zordon had that kind of regalness to him and like power, yeah. and this one's like like Alpha. I'm sorry. Like I'm underwater. <laughs> I don't know why it sounds like Mr. Ed as well. He's like Mr. Ed underwater. That's what Zordon in this movie sounds like. I mean, I think we take a uh, wrinkly Zordon with a snuggie over. Mr. Ed Underwater. I don't know. Oh, yeah. I'll take Artichoke Zordon any day. <laughs> oh, Artichoke. And now we got to think of a new way of describing uh, uh, Brian Cranston Zordon when we get to see the new Power Rangers movie tomorrow night. We'll be rattling them off in the theater. Don't you worry. Yes. Now, I, I, just before we go any further, I'm curious what the age bracket is going to be like for people like our age to, to young kids. I wonder what the demographics really going to be like. Yeah, that's, I'm interested in that, too. Oh, hey, we'll have to do a full breakdown when we review it. Yes. I mean, when, we, when we, you and I saw Lego Batman, it was obviously a big gap in age between little kids and adults and everything like that. So, But that was expected. I'm curious, just like, like, like we said, hmm, I wonder if it's just going to be a lot of people our age or an older who grew up with this show and everything like that. And just curious because we're going to an early screening of it. But anyway... We continue, and and there's one thing in this like narration, like it says like like wickedly evil, and it's something that bothers me because I hate people who use the word wicked, in a sense like that. It's like oh like it's like it's like wicked awesome or something like that. It's something that's been a bane in my existence for years because a lot of people when I went to school upstate, a lot of like the upstaters would use that like every third word, and it was very <laughs> irritating. Wait, so they were just. Hey, man, I'm going to go get some wicked pizza. You want to yes. join me? Yes. Are, are, you got to be kidding me. This no. is this is happening upstate. Yeah. Wow. And, and I would scold, like, uh, like it started infe- affected, like, like my friends who come from Long Island who are going up, sc- up uh, to school with me, and they started using it in their regular vernacular, and I call them out on it, like, and it's just like, and even like my friends, like, oh yeah, like it'll be wicked awesome. I'm like, what was that? He's like, oh my god, I used it in a sentence. I'm like, yeah, you did, and you should feel ashamed for it. He's like, I do. I'm like, good. I mean, not like I should really, I should really bust chops or anything like that. But since like, because I was in a school that's very close to Canada, and a lot of people had kind of like upstate and some semi-Canadian accents. I remember like every week I would call home and make sure that a I'm still alive and b I'm not failing, so my dad would not have to worry about me. And I he, I call him up one day and and he's like hey how you doing I'm like oh well you know and I did not mean to put a, an inflection on that I'm just like oh my god I'm turning into an upstater here <laughs> like, like oh you wicked wicked man oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was terrible and so I've never I've tried my dad has never used that in a sentence like that so I'm just like like even just the, the the like like wicked witch of the west like yeah just the witch of the west I don't even want to use that in a the term ever again anyway movie opens up with the as the this wizard who's going to be named Larago is going to be used to marry Malagor this big cosmic being to Divatox like that's the big plan that's the big crux of the story and we get introduced to Larago being chased by Piranatrons. 
And my God, does Larigo look like shit. Okay, first of all, can I just say that all three of those names, Larigo, Malagor, and Divatox, all sound like death metal bands. Yes. So let's just get that out of the way right now. Because that's, that's, that is, that's quite a tour coming into your town there. <laughs> I mean, Larigo, I could see this maybe like a symphonic power metal band, but Divatox and, oh, yeah. and Malagor, yeah, just like... Ladies and gentlemen, we are Divatox. Yeah, or Divatox. Divatox would kind of be like the Nightwish type of band. Yes. Or like Hailstorm or something like that. But El Malagor, forget about it. Brutal death metal. And the like most uh, modern metal bands, you look at the logo of the band, you can't tell which letter from which. It, exactly. It just looks like a it looks like a Rorschach painting at that point. You're like, I guess that's your logo of your band. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And, but you, so you see Larigo, and it's like a small person, like with animatronic like head and everything like that. What did you think when you first saw it? You know, I, I thought he was kind of cute. I'm not gonna lie. I, uh, <laughs> I'd if they made little Larigos, I would. I'd probably get one. <laughs> I get to see that on your desk and everything like that. It's like your speakers and everything, and just a little Larigo in the corner. <laughs> yeah, why, why not? I mean, I wouldn't have such a big problem with it if it was more articulated, but then again, not the biggest budget in the world. I mean... Oh, yeah. I'm not saying it's bad as, like, Ninja Turtles 3 level of animatronics, but it's close. And, yeah. And, I mean, like, like the big blue eyes and everything like that, like, yeah, it's very expressive and everything like that, but it seems like it's just expressive, like, oh, shocked, running away. And this is the face I'm going to have for most of this movie as I flail my arms about. And I'm like, oh, you're a wizard and everything like that. And, and these uh, dorks on uh, horseback with crossbows that can't aim, they can't shoot where the shit is chasing you. You're like, I don't think this should really be a challenge. I think you should be able to wipe the floor with your magic. But I digress. Well, as, as you said, though, you, I mean, you can tell right away that this movie has significantly less of a budget than the first one did. I mean, this is basically, you know... TV levels of of production and budget. It, it kind of just looks like an episode of the TV series at that time, just in a near two hour movie. Yeah, I, th- I I think it's the biggest indictment against this movie is that because the first Power Rangers movie felt like a theatrical movie. I mean, yeah, I think maybe uh, moving to Australia, so we're outside of an environment that we're kind of used to plays a factor is that but that the first movie we know had a 15 million dollar budget i am not too sure of the budget of this movie but definitely seems like it said like all right we've we won't have a few we'll have maybe we'll save a little bit of money here and like instead of doing a three episode arc we'll do a theatrical movie like okay that seems like a good idea that's what the budget level for this movie it seems like and i i should commend them for like all right here's the box let's and we have to play with inside the box. Like, all right, let's make the best movie possible. I mean, limitations make you more creative. Don't get me wrong. I mean, you look at so many movies that have had problems over the years and like, like, oh, we don't have enough money. We don't have enough money to do this. Like you think of Jaws, for instance, like the shark was supposed to be working for 90% of the, it was supposed to be seen like at the very beginning of the movie. Shark uh, uh, that they were supposed to have did not work. The machine didn't work. So they kept them out of shot. And for... 85% of that movie, it's just the fins or anything like that, or the yellow barrels, and it's terrifying. It's more effective that way. Unfortunately, Turbo Power Rangers movie does not have that kind of uh, luck on their side. Shark still looks fake. 
<laughs> Hi, kids. Goldie Wilson the third here. <laughs> there we go. Up. Uh, well, we are we are ten minutes. It took in, ten minutes. And his her first Back to the Future reference has already been made. Uh. Anyway, so Largo uh, beams his way uh, to Earth, and we cut to a training uh facility or like this kind of training dojo that's happening for a big competition for charity is going on and look at your favorite power ranger in the ring uh chris oh yes yes rocky my uh my all-time favorite power ranger i mean he's i think he's everyone's all-time favorite as of well. course i i mean eddie's like he's so good at being a power ranger he injures himself by flailing his body over the ropes <laughs> and i mean like he goes with a kick and everything like that he's like huh over the ropes, I'm like, did you like do your socks or did you do you have spring shoes on or something like that? Like, how the fuck did you flail your body mid like flip over the ropes and hurt yourself or anything like that? I understand like if you were in a wrestling match and you want to do that on purpose, like yeah, I can see like you look at so many wrestlers who are, like luchador style wrestlers who are tremendous like that and like their bodies are so like limber and everything, but this was done an accident. And Rocky's like, "All right, I'm not training hard enough. Uh, 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 go for a kick, and woof, you hurt yourself." And I think that's like one of the high points of the movie. I'm like, oh, we don't have to deal with him for the rest of the movie. I'm like, whoo. I mean, this was the best write-off that you could possibly ask for. First of all, the the injury, the way he gets injured, is completely nonsensical because this is just not possible unless he was trading on a pogo stick. Okay. <laughs> Even if he was wearing those vertical leap sneakers, this would at the very most he would get tangled up in the ropes and maybe fall to the apron and then fall to the floor. There's no way that he would from that kick clear the ropes, clear the top rope and land on the floor like that. Just I'm sorry, it's not happening. Not I mean, happening. I mean, even to the point when like Tommy and Adam are trying to get out of the ring to him. They're struggling to get through the ropes. It's not like a, like a wrestling ring where you just like you can just pull the ropes up and you can just climb right out. There's a there's a moment yeah. they're like like uh, uh, they're tangled up and then they get to Rocky. Yeah, I mean, yeah it's a boxing ring. It, it's it, it's a little bit different. It's there's no way. Uh, this is just the goofiest. You know, it, it would have made maybe a little bit more sense if he like got bumped off the apron or something accidentally. You know, <sighs> but, but 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 it's it, it was an incredible shot, though. Yes. And we're all thankful that he's no longer part of the movie for for the rest of it up until the very end. And then we cut to uh, uh, kids on a bus heading towards this convention center where this match is going to take place. And we see Kat being a chaperone to these kids and singing what they sing. Uh, what are they saying? Row, row your boat or I forget. I forget what. Yes. They and were then, singing Row, Row, Row Your Boat on a constant loop for the rest of time. This is actually still going on as we speak. And actually, spoilers, this is how the world ends. It's those kids, they're still singing it, and then it's a flash of light, and we all die. Because, <laughs> my God, was this the most annoying thing of all time. I mean, like, it, it would be more entertaining because the bus looked, looked like it was like the bus from Speed. As long if there was a bottle of the bus, <laughs> it would be much more entertaining. Like, they can't stop singing it or the world. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's it. <laughs> they finally get tired, and that's how we all die. <laughs> oh, my God, that'd be perfect. Like, there's a bomb in the bus. If they stop singing, row, row, row your boat, the bomb goes off. 
What do you do? Uh, that would be a much more interesting movie. But Cat what a, notices a, a much better subtext to this movie. Yes. Uh, but God, I feel like that's how what hell is—just a uh, constant loop of row, row, row your boat on a, on a city bus with one of the most pouty and annoying kids in, in movie history. We get Justin. Uh, hey, uh, sorry guys, I couldn't make it today. Actually, uh, oh, you mean the other one? Yes. Speaking of him, actually, he texted me early in the day saying like trivia night and Patrick. I'm like, nah, I'm, pa- I'm podcasting with Chris tonight. He's like, boo, and I'm like, I'm. <laughs> Sorry, like I'm, I'm like ABC. <laughs> always be creating, and, he's, and he just, he's like, in incoherent, just noise, <laughs> and everything like that, in text form, of course, uh, of course. I mean, like that's how I feel like he reacted to it. I'm uh, like, uh, which are we did record uh, an episode of uh, a review of the movie Memento, continuing our Christopher Ooh. Nolan series as we go towards the release of Dunkirk. That will probably go up next week at because I'm going to make sure this one goes up this weekend. So nice. Yes. Well, we all need to get on a group review at some point soon. Yeah, I mean, like I'm actually catching up on Supergirl. I, mean, I just watched episode two of this season's worth of Supergirl, and I'm like, God, this is really good. And I'm like. I understand where Chris is coming from when he's saying this. Maybe you're like enjoying this more than Flash this season. And I'm like, this is just episode two, and I'm really digging Supergirl. And I'm like, we got, we got to review this once this is over. Oh yes, yes, would love to talk about Supergirl. Oh, oh. Anyway, <laughs> see you light the end of the the row 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 we boat bus uh, tour. Like that's what <laughs> that's where we have to get to. That's we have to get to this review to get to that point. So. So we're introduced to Justin, who's not singing along and being kind of pouty and everything like that, and his Lego hair that he's got that is typical that is just typical of nineties. I mean I never had really longish hair. Like I had a bowl cup, I never had to that extent. I don't know if you ever did. Oh no. Oh no. I would look absolutely ridiculous with that type of haircut. I don't I don't know how they do it. I, I don't know either. And like like I've said before, it looks like Lego hair. I feel like I go up to that kid and just, and just disconnect it from his head. And like, huh, that explains everything. So after that, we get to see uh, Algar and Divatox for the first time in their submarine on Earth. Okay. We had Ivanu's last movie, who is charismatic and owned every scene he's in. Which is just a Divatox, like, Divatox on her in her lair, and she immediately bumps her head into her pipe on her own ship. <laughs> oh. A and menacing then, threat to society. Yeah, it was a menace that this was released to society, but that's beside <laughs> the point. A much better we, movie. Yeah. <laughs> and then we A have wicked Al- woman. A wicked woman. <laughs> oh yeah, to use the word wicked. I'm sorry. It's fine. And then you have Algar. I don't know what the hell you would describe him as. He's a monster, yes. But with that permanent smile on his just jerky motion, it's like, like, I'm constantly like on the verge of a breakdown. I mean, he provided the most comedy in this movie, but it was unintentional. And then, what was it? Like, the other sidekick, what the hell is it? What was it? Rygar? The, the big blue one with the red eyes and everything like that. You know, <laughs> it's funny. I, I, I really, Rygog. I don't remember. 
I like Rogog a lot more than Algar, even though I can't remember his name. Rogog it just seems like he provides a lot more entertainment intentionally and everything, and he just has a lot more like one-liners to be kind of just snarky to everybody that I really enjoy. But and so I'm looking at Divatox's costume and just like what was it like chest like very open and like a very push-up bra and everything like that. Very. And I'm like, huh. This is a children's show, right? Yeah, she's uh, really not leaving much to the imagination there, this diva talks. No. And it's it's kind of like, I maybe, since this was, I think, like the bridge between Zeo and Turbo as a TV series, and it's like, it kind of like, I guess, like, maybe the idea behind it, like, hey, Dulcia probably helped getting parents into the movie theater to see the first Power Rangers movie. Let's design something very scandalous, too, so we can have parents come to say, like, oh, oh look, look at the villain. It's a terrible, like, she's terrible plan, everything like that, but <laughs> damn, I'll be, I'll be damned if she does not look good right there. Hey, but even so, even with the cleavage going on, she still looks kind of doofy with that stupid-looking mask on her face. Yeah, the, the the fan of the opera mask that she's got going on is a little annoying, especially like with the like the black like eye makeup around one eye specifically. And it just reminds me like of like Batman Returns when Batman goes to remove his mask and like the makeup's there is one shot. We cut to Catwoman's resp- uh, like. We actually cut back to him, the eye makeup's gone, and he just rips his uh, mask off, and is like, okay, we're not supposed to notice the makeup was gone there? Anyway. <laughs> I like <laughs> Batman. <laughs> Thank you, Jamie. <laughs> oh, Jesus. And like I said, like, I was 10 minutes into this movie, and like, this is the notes I have, like, oh, here's the note. 10 minutes in, I'm checking the time, like, crap, this movie's still going on. Okay. So... The next plot point happens when Larago finally lands on Earth, and it looks like he it looks like he's like a meteor lands on Africa, and <laughs> I'm just saying like how fucked up would it be like if he accidentally started like a uh, savanna fire or something like that when he landed on Earth, and oh no he he he'd be so upset with himself if he did that. Yes, and he would probably try his damnedest to put the fire out, but I just imagine like you see all those like giraffes just watching the this asteroid come to Earth and everything like that. All of a sudden, giraffes are gone. Larago killed them. Oh, that's I, I, oh, yeah, that's sad. I know, and I love giraffes. Giraffes are awesome. I don't want to. I don't want to think about this anymore, Tim. Okay, we'll move on then. <laughs> <laughs> but the next moment, like he falls out of the tree by the two strangest animatronic birds in the world. <laughs> I mean, like they look fucking freaky. They're they like, were cute. They were they were cute, but I think it was just the since they were so big. That it was kind of like un. It was throwing me off a little bit. Just like, wow, those are really big birds. But I presume birds are probably that big in real life. I've never gone that up close to a, a bird's nest, so I can't say from experience. They they start to peck at him a little bit, and then that's when I'd be a little bit freaked out. Yes, and then he runs into a lion, and then just I imagine like the actor who's in the Larigo costume have to be extremely calm is like the lion tamer is like right off camera keeping the lion at bay while he's just like okay all right i'm supposed to be scared right now and i'm supposed to be scared like okay now i'm supposed to be comforting it and everything like that and then it runs away I'm like oh whew, i did not get eaten today was a good day imagine <laughs> being eaten by a lion for this movie for this movie 
Even just having to deal with a lion for this movie. That's probably where most of the budget went, to be honest. Because this guy's like, all right, listen. If I have to do this for Turbo, a Power Rangers movie, then I just want everything you got. And that's why the movie looks so cheap. I mean, like, they probably recorded sounds of that lion, too. Because all those lion-like sound effects went to Malagarth when he finally forms and turns into his giant form, too. But we'll get there in a moment. So after that, we cut back to the Rangers going to see Rocky in the hospital and everything like that. And Justin's there first talking, like just watching him and everything like that. And he hides out of the bed like when somebody's coming in. I do not understand. It's not like he was, I guess maybe he was not supposed to be there. But is somebody really going to give him that much crap for visiting his friend in the hospital? How dare you have concerns? (laughs) You see what you're doing? I'm going to unplug your friend. See, this is what you get for coming in without permission, little shit. Shouldn't you be on a bus singing Row Your Boat? I don't want to sing it. I don't want to sing it. Well, you better start singing because he's going bye-bye real soon, sir. Yeah, I don't, I don't know about this Justin character. I don't know. Yeah, you fuck yourself. <laughs> he just wanted to ask Rocky if he wanted to go to trivia night. Uh and the first, the first category for tonight is ring etiquette. Ring etiquette. <laughs> so, Rocky, you should be good for this. Anyway, so he dies underneath Rocky's bed. The Rangers come in. Tommy's carrying, like, a giant get-well suit card, like, and everything like that. And I thought that was a pretty adorable and everything like that because if I was a hospital, that would really perk me up with a giant get-well suit card. Yeah, a comically oversized card would, would cheer anyone up, I think. Yeah, and then Ab's got the few balloons. It's like, oh, we're going to have a good time. Like, oh, but duty calls because Zordon has, tells Alpha to get the Rangers to the command center. And they beam out of there in the most, like, the teleporting has always been kind of, like, a little inconspicuous because they turn to their colors and they fly out of there. But this one it causes, like, a little bit of a lightning storm indoors and nobody's supposed to question, like, huh, where's the power A hole in the from? ground, maybe? <laughs> I mean, it's... I mean, a wing of the bit... hospital goes on fire. <laughs> I mean, I think like even like the yanking Michael Jordan down a hole in Space Jam was less <laughs> was more subtle than this. <laughs> or he's this Newman fixing a divot while he's trying to find his way to the command center. Jimmy Canale walking through the wall. <laughs> you got to explain that to folks right there. You can't just drop a, like an inside joke like that without some nope. explanation. No explanation. No explanation. <laughs> That's just for us. Let's move on. <laughs> so Justin's like, wow. Comes out from underneath his bed and Rocky's like, did you hear everything we said? You're the Power Rangers? And it cuts to the next scene. We get to see the new command center. Very, very bright lit. The suits from Mighty Morphin are gone. Now it's replaced with color tubes back there. And previously, we, we saw Zordon and Alpha briefly before they called the Rangers. And Alpha's looking for Zordon, and he's like, Zordon, where are you? Like, where the fuck else is he going to pop up? He's only going to pop up in his tube. He pops up, and he scares Alpha. Like, all right, like, I'm sorry. He shows up at his one convenient place he's supposed to. It's not like he's going to pop up on a readout in your wrist or something like that. And then that would be kind of weird, because then it's like, I can have Zordon pop up wherever I am. But they tell the story of Larigo, and that we need to get Larigo uh, out of the sun's rays because they, it's harmful to him to be on earth like that for for an extended period of time so tommy and cat agree with their plastic backpacks their power packs 
and go to receive uh, uh, retrieve Larigo. So they who was making out, friends with monkeys at the time, which is which is kind of adorable. I mean, like it's very yeah, adorable having monkey friends are, is <laughs> is just amazing. No matter which way you slice it, I and, want monkey friends. I mean, that that would be cool to have a monkey friend and everything like that. Yeah. Huh. Crap, I want to go to a zoo now. Anyway. Apparently monkeys don't make good pets, though. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, appara- apparently it's just, it's not good for them to to live with humans. It's sad, though, because everyone wants a monkey, but Maybe... just can't have them. Nope. Anyway, uh, we get to see Bulk and Skull very briefly, and ironically enough, at a baseball game. Now, if you listen to our last episode where we talked about, we saw a security guard that reminded us of bulk of bulk and skull at a at a Mets game. This is just, just like, just like you can't write this. Like, oh my god, it's you like got they it. knew exactly. It's like they totally or maybe, knew. Or maybe that security card was just cosplaying as bulk from Turbo, a Power Rangers movie. Maybe that's what he was doing, and we just didn't put two and two together until now. And every time he looked in our area, he was just looking for Skull. He was looking for somebody yeah. to be a Skull cosplayer. Ah. Yeah, and then he just wanted to go squirt some mustard all over Lieutenant Stone. <laughs> you know, they're like they're like Dean Ambrose, just squirting mustard on people. Definitely. I mean, <laughs> squirting mustard on people, popping up out of the back of uh, ambulances with smoke coming out of them. I mean... Just getting up to all kinds of hijinks Bulk and Skull I'm, can do. I'm pretty sure that's how they write all of Dean Ambrose's segments. Just watch an episode of Mighty Morphin, see what Bulk and Skull are up to. There you go. That's what he's doing tonight. I'm curious if like, Bulk and Skull ever dressed up as a Mountie to be in a backstage segment. Oh, yeah. that'd be incredible. Yes. Anyway, so... We find out the reason why... Divatox wants to be with Malagors because if they wed, if they if they become husband and wife, she will have access to all of his powers and like all the riches in the universe can be at her disposal because she'll be unstoppable, etc., etc. So okay, big bad, big plans. So we better stop them in any way we can. So while they're while Tommy and Cat are searching for Larago and everything like that. I forget uh, what the reason was. Like, how was it because of the snake that they? Oh yeah, because they yeah. battle with the like this python, and cat goes over the edge into a waterfall, and Tommy goes diving after, which was a pretty cool stunt from uh, Jason David Frank's uh, stunt double and going over that like that because high dives uh, like something like that like oh that's just really impressive. That's a skill set that I don't think I could ever have. <clears throat> Excuse me. And seeing somebody do it uh, with finesse, it's like, all right. Oh, yeah. Give- this is yeah. the coolest part of the movie, for sure. And and even a cooler moment when Kat tries to morph while she's falling, and she gets half morphed but then hits the water. Like, ah, crap. If only we were going to be able to do that. But the reason why they did it is because they don't want to get those suits wet because those things are very expensive. So Very expensive. <laughs> Douglas. <laughs> Were you just quoting Doug right there? Yeah. Okay. I just wanted to be sure about that. 
Just double-checking you were doing Mr. Dink there. <laughs> Mr. Dink. It's funny. I was thinking about Doug earlier in the day. And I was thinking about, uh, I think it was the talent show episode where, like, um, Skeeter loses his ocarina. And it's like, I'm oh, trying yeah. to find my ocarina. I, I don't care if you're doing the ocarina for your talent show. Let's get <laughs> on stage. I think he's telling Mr. Dink that, too. <laughs> anyway. And so... Tommy and Cat find Larigo monkeying about, monkeying about, I should say. Uh, Larigo uh, uses his magic to repair Cat's leg, so we know he's a very compassionate creature. They take he's like him back. E.T. Yes, he is totally like E.T. It is pretty much like E.T., now thinking about it. Huh. So, they take him back to the command center, and we find out, at the same time, Divatox has control over, or has captured Larigo's wife and children as well as she wants to have two pure spirits to sacrifice the Malagar to show that her worth and everything like that so she tries to grab two two people happens to be bulk and skull <laughs> <laughs> and in the beaming process they scramble their minds and so skull starts speaking with a Spanish accent thinking he's Antonio Banderas and Bulk sings with a very German accent and everything like that. It's like he's a bad guy from Die Hard. And I kind of just want a movie with just them speaking like that. I think that would have been more enjoyable. Oh, yeah. I think this should have just been the Bulk and Skull movie. I mean, fuck everything else. This isn't yeah. interesting at all. <laughs> I mean, even at one point where like the two people that Deotox do grab are actually there. People have to be scuba diving near her submarine. Turn out to be Jason and Kimberly. Now, first of all, <laughs> why were they scuba diving? Plot exactly. Is I, this I, I, was I, this their method of transportation to come back and visit everyone? No, I think scuba they were, diving. They, I, I believe they were they were diving for I don't know maybe. This is so good, you two shoes. Maybe they found the cure for cancer down there, and they were going to retrieve it. But Divatox had to spoil the plans and kidnap them. They're like, diving for a cure for cancer. Yes, that's that's the explanation I'm going for. Going <laughs> because with. every every motive of these teenagers has to be to you know for some some sort of do gooding motive. Yes. They can't just do. They can't just. They can't just dive for fun. Run for fun. For fun. <laughs> Uh, two. Oh, Jesus Christ. Now, 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 Jason and Kimberly being together. Yes. Wh what is this? What is this? Because, I mean, to my knowledge, they were never a thing. No, they weren't. But uh, 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 am I mistaken here? No, because... Because I... there's another, there's a reference to something that we're going to talk about later. About Jason and Kimberly being together. Yes. That kind of, I thought back to this and I was like, hmm... It's a little bit weird that they're maybe that peace festival that they went off to wasn't really a peace festival. I mean, they got a piece of each other. That's probably it. Whoa! Zing! Whoa! Oh, come on. Whoa! That was, that, 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 I mean, you set me up like that. I'm going to have to take it right there. I mean, that was a T ball setup right there. Oh, good Lord. I mean, hell, I mean, like, because earlier on, before Kimberly left, her and Tommy had a thing, and then Tommy gets a Dear John letter from her that she had met somebody. <laughs> was it actually Jason the whole time that she was bullshitting? 
What a oh man, Jason, dude, like guy code. Come on. I I mean, ooh. How first of all, first of all, Kimberly, how could you do that to Tommy? All right. Listen, Jason's a good guy, you know. The first Red Ranger, the one that everyone looks up to, you know. Tyrannosaurus, you know, he's cool. I understand. But really, you're gonna do that behind everyone's back? Shame on you. Shame on you both. He says. He says hi uh, in his sleep. (laughs) I bet he does. I I bet. I I bet you can attest to that. I mean, it's just quiet sleeping, and it's like it's three thirty in the morning. Like that's how he wakes up from nightmares, just screaming "Hiya!" I mean, it was really annoying. Jason, like, he may snore, but he does not go "Hiya!" to wake up, wake himself up. That's like his safety word to get himself have a bad nightmare or anything like that. He wakes up like uh, he wakes up like Oliver in the Arrow pilot, where he like remember that scene where he's like sleeping in front of the open window and it's raining, and he like takes his mother down and puts his like hand across her throat or something like that yes that's what i envision happening i mean he did have the green power uh uh, power ranger powers and everything like that and he was evil at one point so maybe he does have residual problems because of that yeah Hmm. wow interesting i think we just found an explanation why she left him but for jason it's just such a wow damn i mean I understand brothers in arms and everything like that, and just become very emotionally attached and everything like that. But, jeez, so Deep Dogs has kidnapped them, and they're in the bowels of the uh, submarine along with Bulk and Skull and their uh, their new ethnic lingos that they're speaking uh, with. And they decide, like, you know what? We got to get out of here, or we have to get weapons and everything like that. So, but we'll come back to that later because that's gonna make a a whole lot of sense. And so, Jesus Christ. You know, the Jason and Kimberly relationship movie would be a much better movie. Yeah. When you think about it. <laughs> they were both Power Rangers at one point, but now they discover a true power with each other. Coming this fall. The power of love. Dun, 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 dun. And then they're, they're both skitching on the back of a Jeep and the guy with the Mountain Dew hat turns around. It gives us such a dirtiest look in the world, too. They're like, oh, goddamn kids, get off my Jeep! I thought you were with Tommy! <laughs> Slam to the brakes. They ran their heads into the, the back of it, breaking their noses or something like that. Anyway. Oh, so... maybe they moved from Angel Grove to Hill Valley! Ooh. Oh, man. Oh, man. The crossover potential. I think I think we've tapped into something here. And then the Time Force Rangers come in later on because they know oh! Time Force comes there. Oh Bam! My god. Oh my god. Sidebar. I was listening to... The, Things the, that would be better than this movie. Yes. I mean, I was listening to the Time Force theme before, like, early in the day. And I, I have to admit, I think the Time Force theme is possibly my favorite Power Rangers theme. Even oh, more, yeah? More than Go Go Power Rangers. Wow. I know, it's a bold thing, and, and I just think it's, it's so energetic and it's so indicative for that series. And every time that episode, like an episode would start with that theme, you couldn't help but get pumped for it. I mean, Now, are, talk- are you talking just a show theme or just overall piece of music that's your favorite? Show, show theme, I could say, without a shadow of a doubt. 
for overall piece like music music over i guess with taking in the other themes from the other shows i'd have to really think about it but like just the individual themes from like that would be identified as like the one minute intro or something like that time force is definitely my favorite you know, it's a good one to go with. I'd probably go with, I think, Zio. I really love Zio. And, and um, I miss Zio so much when they start playing the Turbo theme in here. I'm like, oh, God, this is lame yeah. comparison. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, we'll, we'll, we'll get to that, though. We'll get to yes. that. Anyway, so Demodox sends a message out to Zordon and saying that fair, fair trade. Larigo for Kimberly and... Jason, and everybody will go go their separate ways. Everything's going to be fine. Power Rangers don't want to do it, but Larigo insists that he wants to do it because it's his family. And they're like, all right, I guess we got to do it because we would do it for each other. So they go to a beach. Obviously, day for, not, day for night footage going on right here. And we see the Parantrons on jet skis and everything like that. And I'm, <laughs> and I'm thinking of, I wish I was watching Waterworld with commercials rather than watching this. Because it's just seeing jet skis. Yes. I'm like, oh my god, They're like Parantrons on jet skis. I'm like, this is where the wave went. race. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so they do the switch, but it turns out, oh my god, the bad guys double crossed them. They kidnap Larago and gave him two dummies and everything like that, and they disappear. And they go back to the, the team. Goes back to the command center. Okay. Oh, we have to get Larigo and everybody back. All right, you need your new power. You need the turbo powers and the turbo uh, the turbo cars and everything like that. And even Tanya, and they were showing off all the powers and all the new vehicles they're getting. And Tanya's like, they're just regular cars. Yeah. You, 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 you don't say? I mean, I mean, I understand, like, they're, that was probably the reason. That was thrown in there to acknowledge, like, these are cars, but they're also Zords. It doesn't... It, uh, uh, admonish you that you still have cars as your zords what if they were all deloreans that would be cool i mean i don't know if you could find five deloreans in working condition he's a wizard he can create them i know how do you think he finds these zords uh, and and then adam's got the like mother like uh soccer mom man and everything and i'm like (laughs) and of course then the time he's got the he's got the he's got the sports car and everything like that. And here are your new te- turbo powers. They get the new suits and everything. Like, all right, you gotta take this certain pirate ship to this weird. I forget was it the devil? I forget what the name of the triangle is. Ba 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 ba. As I read the Wikipedia. Do, 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 do. Yeah, this is this is the point where I started to lose track of what was happening and what they were actually supposed to be doing. Yeah. All I know is all of a sudden they're on a pirate ship, and I'm just like, uh, oh, okay, um, I Nemesis thought we were triangle. doing cars. Yes. And I'm like, and you see him like, hey, we got to see we gotta see these things in action that they actually work. Yeah, so let's drive across a Death Valley. Dope. They push in the turbo, and it's like, oh, those look so... Uh, I mean... Of course, when you were younger, you always wanted to have your car, your license, and wanted to have a car. I mean, at least I felt like that. I don't know if you felt like that. Um, yeah, you know, because I always really wanted to drive the Batmobile and the DeLorean. 
I was going to say, and the DeLorean. Other than that, I was like, yeah, I'm happy being driven around. Yeah. I mean, I, even to this day, I don't mind driving and everything like that. And I don't mind going on driving trips. I mean, I feel more weird as a passenger, but I'll still jump for, at the chance for it. And, of course, each of the cars has their own, like, nickname. Now, do you have a nickname for your car? No. Okay. I do. Uh, this is both a, the same name was on my Dodge Neon as it is on my Hyundai Elantra. It's White Lightning. <laughs> Yes, I know. Lame as it is. I'm just waiting, like, my next car is probably not going to be that color. And I'm like, all right, I guess I got to think of a new name now. No, you should still call it White Lightning. Despite if it's, like, blue or something like that. Like, White Lightning. Yeah. But, but it's blue. White like, Lightning. So, like, all right. Well, no, nope, it's still got to be White Lightning. Yeah. And so the Rangers get to their pirate ship and everything like that. And I remember in the last podcast, you were talking about how... Certain parts in the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers movie felt like a Are You Afraid of the Dark episode. <laughs> this pirate set seems like it should have been part of Are You Afraid of the Dark. Are you afraid of the dark? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, look at the cobwebs, everything like that. And the, they're about to get aboard. And all of a sudden, the blue Power Ranger vehicle shows up. And they're like, wait, Rocky? And then, no, it's Justin. The kid who find out who the Power Rangers were and then somehow got sent to the command center and they're like the Alpha and Zordon are like, well, you're a teen or approaching a teenager. Let's make you the Power Ranger. Now, I understand why they made one of the Power Rangers a younger kid to appeal to a younger audience and make him feel like, hey, I can be like one of those. I can be one of the Power Rangers. It's the Robin thought process like let's put somebody younger with the hero the older hero so the audience has their way in and everything like that and they could be fighting alongside with them however the same problems you can argue with robin and the same thing with justin that putting a child into danger is a liability and should be you should shame the person who don't do those things well to be fair Zordon's first course of action is just to find teenagers to fight his crusade against evil. So this is really just par for the course. He's just going a little bit younger. Yeah. Now this kid, this Justin kid, first of all, Zordon made him the Blue Ranger off screen. You only see the figure. You don't see who it is. So you think, oh, it could be anybody. Obviously, we knew who it was going in. Yeah. But uh, this kid... First of all, looks like he should be in, like, a Free Willy reboot. <laughs> so that tells you everything you need to know right there. Um, now, I, I know that in the series, he's very annoying. Here in the movie, he doesn't really have much to do aside from hide under a hospital bed and want to tell people he's the Blue Ranger, but he can't. No. <sighs> And but he really should be in a Free Willy reboot. Yes. But now I just imagine, like, if you're going to, like, say if you were going to reboot Free Willy, would it just be a completely digital whale at this point? Would they even bother with a real whale? Oh, oh, absolutely a digital whale. Listen, after the sad story of Keiko the whale from Free Willy, yeah, you you, you got to go with a with, with a CGI whale. You, you, you don't want to have to... Put an animal into that position. Like, 
I do not know the story. Can you briefly tell me what that story was? I it's I mean it's involved. It, it's really off topic. We don't want to get down into that into that tangent. Okay. I think uh, we I I think we need to get back to this tremendous movie. I'm trying to divert from this tremendous movie with a tangent, but okay. No, I will not let you. Fuck. We can't. We listen. We can't stop podcasting about it. Just like the kids on the bus, <laughs> they can't stop singing. We can't uh, stop podcasting. Go Power Rangers Turbo. So they get in the pirate ship and they get it a, a rolling and everything like that, and it's powered by their keys and everything, and it's taking them to this the Nemesis Triangle, and up until like. Up until like Pirates of the Caribbean, like this is the high level of pirates you could get for years. Like this is the nth level. Like oh, this is what Pirates of Tree does. It's like a goofy thing in a Power Rangers movie. It's not until Pirates of the Caribbean, like two thousand three, where pirates became a thing in a big bad way that's still going on to even to this day. Which is kind of which is kind of amazing that something like Pirates of the Caribbean is still popular. But anyway, so amazing that it was ever popular. I understand, like, the ride and Disney being popular and everything like that. And it's funny when, like, the first trailer or one of the first trailers dropped and, like, on the real fans for uh, real movies, uh, for real movies uh, page on Facebook, I think it was Andy of Andy DiGenova posted, like, the first trailer. And it's like, go sharks, I'm in. And I'm like, all right. And it's like, there's, like, half skeletal sharks, like, floating through water and everything like that. And I'm like, okay, that's kind of cool and everything like that. I'm still not going to go see it. I haven't seen the past, like, three movies, so... I don't know. Maybe that makes me a bad person. I don't know. But... I don't I'm think not, so. I'm not going to lose sleep over it. Anyway. Divatox realizes that she's being tailed by the five Power Rangers in their ghost pirate ship. And decides to sick the Ninja Turtles on them. <laughs> I mean, they look like, <laughs> like what mutant Ninja Turtles would look like. I mean... That's what the real Ninja Turtles should look like after dealing with um, the ooze and everything like that. That's like, and they're just all slimy and haggard and everything like that. And so she sends up these pods to go to the surface. You board the ship and everything like that. And Justin's the first one to see one of these and tries to get the ranger's attention. And it does not work. And he's like, guys, guys. Guys, but like, then again, if I saw a monster approaching me in a very slow way, I don't think I, I think I'd be able to, I possibly would freeze too. I hate this movie. <laughs> Why, Chris? What's wrong with these animatronic gooey turtles that they're fighting? I like the Power Rangers. Nice default answer right there. And so, and I love the moment, like, they kick all their asses, and then the very last one is trying to fight Tommy, and Tommy just goes, boo, and the thing actually jumps and tries to hobble to the edge of the boat, and he can't really climb over because the costume is that cumbersome, and Tommy just pushes him over, like, all right, enough of your shenanigans, and throws him overboard. Ugh. And it's funny... During this fight scene, there's one sound effect I heard. It sounded like when Dulcia like introduces herself with her cloak and she kind of puts out that roar before she attacks the um, big bird monsters in the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers movie. I could have sworn I heard like at the beginning of this fight scene. I'm like, did this recycle that sound? I'm like, I should back up and l- listen to it. But then I just watched this movie longer, so I'm like, no, 
I'm just gonna let that thought keep going and don't bring it up. And so we cut to Divatox's submarine. We have, we see Kimberly and Jason devising a plan how they're gonna get out of there. They're gonna rip off one of the panels of the ship and swim out of there. They're gonna wait until like they're at a hundred feet to do this. So they immediately start prying at the panel. And dramatic harp music plays. Yeah. Did you take note of this? Dramatic harp music. I did not write a note, but obviously you did. What does that mean to you? I was riveted by dramatic harp music. Listen, it was the only thing that I thought to take notes on throughout like this whole 15-minute span. Dramatic harp music. I mean, the most of my notes are like front heavy, but by the time it gets to the end, I'm like, I have like yeah. five notes. Like, here's that. That happens. This yeah, the thing, the guy, the place. Yeah, it's good, great, fine, wonderful. No yelling on the bus. <laughs> row, row, row your boat. <laughs> I mean, if I was in this movie too, I probably want to open a panel and drown myself too. Like, I want to get out of here. Like, this is my easy way out and everything like that. But there is one funny moment in the scene when Jason and Kimberly are messing with the panel that leads them out into the ocean and it starts to flood in there prematurely and they're trying to hold the panel in place and everything. And Bulk goes, we go swimming? Would you shut up over there? I'm trying to fix this. And for some reason, just Jason losing his cool with Bulk and Bulk's like genuine, like, we go swimming? I don't know why I cracked up at Bulk is a funny man. That he is. Oh. <laughs> no, I just want I want I want a whole I want a whole episode of them in and those different accents. I think that'd be funny. And so they're approaching the Nemesis Triangle, and I and I I thought about this. Why is it always a triangle? Why can't it you know, be like I a don't rhombus? Know. <laughs> a pentagon? Octagon, hexagon. Octagon. He- hexagons are cool. Hexagons are cool. I like a nice the hexagon. Nemesis hexagon. Yeah. Like, see, there we go. And like, they're the opening act to Demon Talks and Malagor, where they're coming to oh, uh, your local. Perfect. Your... <laughs> perfect. We are Nemesis Hexagon. We are from Yugoslavia. We are come to rock you. <laughs> anyway, so Jason and Kimberly's finagling with the panel starts to start to sink the ship and everything like that. And Deep Talk starts freaking out like, oh, water, we're sinking. I'm like, all right, if you have that have much problem with water, why the fuck are you in a submarine? That would be the place to not be. Yes. I mean, <laughs> in that situation. I mean, if something I don't like and don't want to be around of, I don't go around it. I, I, I thought I was normal, but maybe I'm crazy. Like, maybe what you're supposed to be doing is going near the things you're supposed like that's supposed to be making you uncomfortable, and you eventually get over it. But it's clearly not working for Deep Talks. Yeah, like you know, Bruce Wayne's fear of bats. Lives in the bat cave. See, that would make sense. But he overcame his fear and everything like that. Deep Talks still has a problem with water. I don't understand. Imagine if Bruce if Bruce Wayne was afraid of water, then he would have become Bathman. <laughs> it's 
I'm gonna clean up crime. And your attitude is rubbing soap bars on the faces of criminals around Gotham City. Bathman. Not not exactly dry humor. <laughs> oh, oh, I see what you Woo-hoo! did there. Ha <laughs> Will Smith. A, a Will Smith hip hop song would make this movie better. Oh, it'd be incredible. Oh, and during this moment when like she's freaking out and everything like that, she runs to like the platform of like the head of her ship and everything. And Elgar is on the phone talking to somebody. He's like, ah, I'll talk to you later. And hangs up. Like, who the fuck was he talking to? I mean, I want to know what the conversation was because obviously it was important enough that despite their evil dastardly plans they're going through, that he had to be on the phone to talk to somebody. I don't know. So. The Power Rangers are approaching the Nemesis Triangle, and they have to activate their turbo powers with their keys at the same time. And Justin drops his key because of a very annoying barrel takes out his takes out takes him out from the back of his knees, and he has to, and he falls on the ground. He has to like reach for it and everything like that. And the Power Rangers are like, "Come on, Justin, grab it, grab it!" Like, you know, you guys could move that stuff for him so you can grab it or. Justin, you can move that barrel. You don't have to make it more difficult for yourself, but okay. I hate this movie. <laughs> so they gets this key, gets the activates the powers, they get through the the barrier into the devil's the nemesis triangle. Kimberly and Jason get the panel off. They get Bulk and Skull out of their containment. Kimberly, Bulk and Skull. Swim out at time. Like, Kimberly gets stuck and in a very cartoonish manner. Like, her shirt getting stuck on one of the rivets and everything like that. Like, like God damn it, Kimberly. You were a fucking Power Ranger. And, like, I understand it's a tense situation. You're underwater and you're running out of breath and everything. But come on. So, Jason has to help her get out. She swims out. Divitox realizes where the water intake is coming from and shuts the emergency panel, locking Jason back into his containment and flushes the water out. It's like, ah, well, I mean, you know what? Maybe if we didn't go back for Bulk and Skull, we probably wouldn't have gotten out of here. But that's beside the point. I hate this movie. (laughs) We're almost there. We're almost done. Divatox calls uh, Rita for uh, advice on how to deal with the Power Rangers. So we get a Rita and Zed cameo. Yes. The best part of this movie. Yes. Rita, come back. <laughs> Save us. Open the Make egg. Make the movie yeah. good. Please. Can we, open, can we find another egg with Ivan Ooze to be in, please? Oh, my no. God. I mean, it how, gives would you hope. Ooze, how would Ivan Ooze deal with Divatox? You know, I'd really have to think about that because I. it's hard for me. It's hard for my brain to associate something as amazing as Ivan Ooze with something as just blah as Divatox. I'd really have to think about that. Yeah. Ugh. I'm just thinking of a much better movie now. So, Kimberly washes up on the beach of the island they were trying to go to where Malagar, Malagar is um, contained inside the volcano. And she runs into the natives. And it turns into, it's like, and I'm like, oh, God, they're going to eat her. They're cannibals. This is like cannibal holocaust and everything like that. They kidnap her and everything like that. You know they're going to eat Bulk of Skull, that's for sure. And everything. Or at least Bulk. At least Bulk. They're definitely going to eat him. So, 
they'll be busy for a while. So Divatox sends some torpedoes, blows up the pirate ship, but luckily the, the Rangers were in their amphibious Zord cars. God damn it. So they drive their cars through the water onto the island. And thank God, this island where not many people are, and it's only um, na- like primitive natives have perfectly paved roads for the Zords to drive up the mountain. I hate this movie. Uh, so it's time for the Power Rangers to morph and everything like that. And so they're all ready to morph, and Justin screws it up by going in the wrong direction which is probably what happened the first time you morph and everything like that but I love the fact that like Tommy looks back at him like god like I'm going to battle with this kid he's he he's one of the people potentially having my back we're not gonna win that's what that's what I felt like Tommy was thinking of when he was looking at, at Justin at the moment when he does the wrong stance and then readjusts to like all right now we're good Okay. I I have nothing here. I, I, I'm sorry. Uh, I mean, okay. <sighs> so they put Jason in a very uh, Gregorian monk's uh, cape and everything like that. And, and I don't understand why. Not a cape, but a hood and everything. And I'm like, I don't understand why he has to be in this kind of Jedi cape and everything like that. And I'm like, all right, that's a little weird, but okay. And so, Divatox and her crew go up the mountain, get access to Malagar's um, chamber and everything like that, tie up Jason and Kimberly once they've taken her back from the natives, and use them as their sacrifices to Malagar. Malagor, I should say. <clears throat> I keep saying it wrong. And then, the Power Rangers show up, and they have a big fight, and we finally get to see the Rangers do some Power Ranger-ing. We're only 20 minutes left in the movie. Well, it took them long enough. Granted, we did have the fight with the weird Ninja Turtle uh, creatures and everything like that. But, yeah. yeah, and they weren't morphed or anything like that, so it wasn't really a felt that... I mean, say what you will but the first movie, but at least that one was like... That had a really good pace and everything like that. And the Rangers had a bunch of battles up like throughout the movie. Oh, yeah, and it starts off exciting. And it, it it keeps the pace throughout the movie. This is just... This starts off with someone getting an impossible injury. And... Then it just plummets. Suddenly they're on a pirate ship. There's an annoying woman with cleavage. <laughs> this movie's just horribly paced. It was killing me. I, I was... I was dreading every second of this by the time we got to this point. So, I mean, even when they did get to the fight scene, when they did do some power injuring, I was just like, all right, let's, let's come on. I got things to do here. Yeah. And then Jason and Kimberly slowly are being lowered into the volcano, very much like Temple of Doom, where like, oh, we got to get him out of there, but there's so many obstacles in between here and there. And they don't get to them in time. They get lowered into the volcano. Kaboom! Explosion! And all of a sudden, they're back at the top. And they're evil! And they actually do their best acting while they're being evil in this part of the movie. 
Yeah. Now this was cool. This was yeah. really cool. No, like, like, what if, like, sure they were unmor and they were not morphed or anything like that, but like, what if, like, turning evil, they were given like pseudo Power Ranger powers from Malagor to battle the Rangers at this point? Then that'd be even better. Uh, yeah. Still, I, 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 no, I think this. I mean, this is never. Oh, we've never seen this before in Power Rangers when a member of the the team turns evil. I mean, this is this is groundbreaking stuff. But still. I mean, at least it's it's something it's a trope that they go back to. At least it's a good trope, uh, except for Kimberly's horribly dubbed over voice here was very distracting. Yeah. Uh, and, and she actually said she said a line to Kat that I found very funny, said, oh, yeah. And sweetie, pink is out while wearing pink herself. She obviously has not looked at her own. She has not seen a mirror. That's why. She was unaware that she was wearing pink herself. Maybe when you turn evil, you just you lose all sense of what you're wearing. I don't know, but she, I, maybe she's colorblind. Her funny. eyes are bloodshot red. Maybe she all she saw was red. Oh yeah, then how would she know what what cat is wearing? Mm, good point. Now, I wonder if that was like there was residual like anger towards Cat for being the new pink Power Ranger. There. Oh yeah, she's jealous. No, no doubt about it. Despite the fact that she broke Tommy's heart with a Dear John letter. So well, she, she's, she's a very selfish person. She's evil Kimberly now. So she's all of her negative qualities are coming to the forefront. And I, I do like, like how Jason's kind of dubbed over and everything like that. And, and is being like very aggressive and everything. And kind of wipes the floor with the Power Rangers. Jose Canseco! And, <laughs> and then... Um, Deutox throws her nephew Elgar into the into the volcano to sacrifice and everything like that. Thank God. And then Malagar finally shows himself, and he's a giant lava monster, lava rock monster. And Deutox yeah. is like, "Oh, okay. You obviously know the legend of him and everything like that. Sure, maybe his image was not wildly known, but what did you expect from a volcano monster?" I think an actual volcano would have been a lot scarier than a volcano monster. Is just a person with a volcano size project on their head? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that, that lava gets everywhere. <laughs> oh, geez. It's just like bloop, 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 bloop. It's just constantly like pulsating and just running down the side of the mountain and everything like that. Like, that's the big bad of the movie right there. <laughs> and so Larigo, once he's reunited with his family, uses his magical powers to turn Kimberly and Jason back to normal. And Malagor is just like trying to destroy the mountain. Everybody escapes and decide, all right, we need to use the Zords and everything like that because all of our all of our turbo uh, weapons have been useless against him. So he grows a giant size and the Zords combine to become the Turbo Zord. Now, I actually don't mind the Turbo Zord look. It's not bad. I mean, no. it's the least offensive thing in this movie, so. Yeah, I, I guess that's I guess that's a silver lining right there. And then they hit him like three times, and he's done. I mean, most of the Zord fights were obviously short and everything like that, but like this one was really freaking short. Depending, 
despite how fact they built this guy up for 90 minutes and everything like that, and all of a sudden just to be destroyed like that. Yeah, I mean, it's the standard build for a Power Rangers episode, except for the fact that this was a feature-length film, so it doesn't necessarily work out the same way. Yeah, and so TV Talks escapes. The Rangers pick up Jason and Kimberly and Bulk and Skull, and then we cut to the actual competition for charity where Justin is actually part of the home that they're fighting for and everything like that, and they lose this fight. Justin loses the shelter that he's staying in and everything. And so, for some reason, when this opened up, I just thought of sidekicks and everything like that. Yeah. And, just, and the competition. I'm just like, I, we need Chuck Norris. We need Chuck Norris here right now. Cause just, Chuck Norris? <laughs> he Chuck. doesn't compete anymore, kid. <laughs> and we need some flaming... Uh, Stones to punch through and everything like that, despite the fact that it actually makes the the bricks actually more sustainable damage and everything like that. Another thing, they have three fights going on in the same ring. Where have you seen that outside of wrestling? Nowhere in real life, but... No! I mean, this movie doesn't necessarily follow the logic of real life i mean starting with the injury that happened to rocky in the beginning of the movie so clearly anything is on the table here anything involving a ring is on the table yeah and so so it's adam tommy and jason in this this bout that's going on here and of course and jason's the one who kind of saves the day and everything proving the point that rocky sucks and jason is awesome Rocky does suck. <laughs> this guy's he's put the actor's probably a very nice guy and everything like that. I'm sure he's just... a lovely man. Rocky the character no. Nah. Get no. lost. No 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 use for him. No. And so the movie ends with the the team winning and they get the twenty five thousand dollars is going towards the shelter, so Justin don't have to lose his home and everybody can live happily ever after as we go off into the tur- the Power Rangers Turbo series. But they just leave you with this giant cliffhanger of what happened to the kids on the bus. And, I mean, are they still... Obviously, they're still singing the song because the world hasn't ended yet. Nope. But, I mean, you're just going to leave that there and not return to that? That was the only interesting thing in this movie. Justin, you get to sing a song another day. That's 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 your prize. Oh, oh. Yeah. I I I wasn't into this movie at all. No. You know, the first the first few minutes it's like, all right, you know, Power Rangers movie cool and then quickly I realized that this was just not going to be for me. And now I understand like the Turbo series was trying to lean more towards little kids. Like the show's always been for kids and we are adults watching it as as adults and everything like that. So we should understand we should we acknowledge the fact that there's a lot of cheese value going into it and there's charm in that, but this one, for some reason, was just really playing for kids and it shows. And it's like, oh, Jesus. And I think it's one of the biggest detriments to this direction for this movie and that series to go in. 
Yeah, I mean, because the original couple of seasons had a certain thing going for where you could still watch it as an adult and get a little bit invested in, in certain things like Green with Evil and the Green Candle. You know, you can watch it now and it doesn't insult your intelligence too much. But coming back to Turbo and this movie and and the seasons that got a little bit more kitty and wacky it just it doesn't have the same type of effect maybe if you grew up with it like we did mighty morphin but i don't know i i i just can't see it no i mean like my the, the first power rangers movie like even though we may not go back to it often we'd still want to go back to it because there's a charm there it's linked to the mighty morphin series and of course ivan ooze being a good villain Oh yeah, I mean he was he was the star of the show. But even so, it was still it the movie had energy to it. This just felt like a bunch of episodes strung together that really had no no real punch to it. I mean, it's kind of like some like the worst Star Trek movies are indicative of that that it just feels like a longer version of a TV episode, and I think yeah. that's the biggest crime against this movie. But Let's talk about at least a few of the characters. I mean, your feelings on Justin overall. I, he was just there. I haven't seen the entire Turbo series. I know he gets to be very annoying. He was just kind of here for me. I uh, didn't have any strong feelings one way or the other, although I, I, I mean, I guess they needed him there kind of to tie in the story of the shelter and everything like that. But you could have you could have easily found something else if if that was really the intention of using him here. Yeah. Uh, I mean like not he's not the worst child actor I've ever seen, but it's obviously there to placate to kids and everything like that. And I guess just as an adult it's just very grating on me. But um yeah, I think it's one of the reasons why I haven't gone back to watch the Turbo of the series over again. I know there's probably some Turbo fans like, you're not giving him a chance, you guys, and everything. But I'm sure he has his fans and everything. But I personally just don't, don't see the appeal and everything. Now, your feelings on Divatox as a villain? She wasn't much of a villain. She was just kind of there. She just yeah. felt like a cheap ripoff of Rita, much like most of the villains that would come after feel like a ripoff of a better villain that already happened. Really just a, a low-rent Rita. Yeah, I mean, you'd had Rita and everything, and you had Zed, and you had the Machine Empire and Ivan Ooze and everything. So I guess they went back to what they knew and everything, but like... Like, Rita, of course, got annoyed and everything, like that, but at least she had some command and she was actually dangerous, like... Uh, Divadox just seemed like a very petulant child who was just annoyed, who was annoyed because she didn't get her way. Well, I guess you could you could say that that's most superhero movie villains when you, you really get down to it. True. Hmm. I mean, yeah. Any other characters you'd like to talk about? Like those are the only two people I really wanted to. A highlight. Nah, nah. I mean, we've already talked about the main characters in the other episode, and this movie just drained the life out of me. And talking about it again is draining the life out of me. Yeah. 
I mean, all right. Let's talk about the turbo theme itself, the music for this movie. It's so it's still Ron Wasserman, which the one thing that was better than the first movie is that they used Ron Wasserman uh, music in this movie. They used the song Hope for the World at one point, which was in the original uh, Mighty Morphin series. When when they were on the pirate ship, they used Hope for the World and then the the turbo theme itself. Another Ron Wasserman song. So it does sound familiar. It sounds, you know, identifiable as Ron Wasserman as Power Rangers. But it just really, it doesn't quite have the same feel to it that Mighty Morphin and Zeo and, you know, even Power Rangers in Space, another great theme, um, Time Force, like you said. Mm. You know, songs that really pump you up. And this one didn't doesn't get me in the mood to watch Power Rangers as much. The reason why I think this theme doesn't really hold up is because I think it's a little bit of a diminished quality compared to the previous themes that were so lovable and had such resonated with the audience and everything like that, that this one, while it's not up to that quite standard, it becomes like a huge drop-off. It's like, everything's up, everything's like at a 9, a 10. This one's kind of like a 7, but it... It personally, you feel like it's a four or something like that. I don't know if I'm getting my point across or anything. Yeah, it's just a little bit more uninspired than you're used to. Mm. But, uh, yeah, so any final thoughts you have on Turbo, a Power Rangers movie? I was not a fan of Turbo, a Power Rangers movie. I will likely never watch Turbo, a Power Rangers movie again. And I cannot recommend that anyone watch Turbo, a Power Rangers movie. There are much better alternatives out there to spend your time watching instead of Turbo, a Power Rangers movie. Yes. Like, you're going to be watching a certain fan film that came out two years ago simply called Power Rangers, right? And uh, Maybe. (sighs) Let's see. Let's see. All right, so when did you first hear about this um, fan film? I'm not sure entirely because for a while I knew that there was another fan film or fan series or whatever it was being made just called MMPR, Mm -hmm. which had the same type of intent, I guess, except that one was being made a little bit more in earnest and this one feels a little bit more like a parody in a lot yeah. of ways. So I had always been aware of the MMPR fan film, which I'm not even sure if that ever came to pass. I know it was a Kickstarter. But this one, I don't know. I, I just heard about it one day. I watched it, and <sighs> everything's booked. <laughs> everything's booked. So, and I remember, I didn't hear about this this fan film coming out right away. I heard about the backlash that some uh, that Jason David Frank had against the movie once it came out once that news started getting turned around like on social media that's when I started listening I actually seeked out the fan film and watched it and we just watched it for this review so here's a little bonus review for this Power Rangers uh reviews going into the new Power Rangers movie so the movie opens up from a first person perspective of a intergalactic war that the tur- the Power Rangers are part of. I'm going to say the Turbo Rangers there. <laughs> They're trying to find a Turbo Man. Turbo Man. <laughs> Put that cookie down. 
No! That's your dad's suppressive vixen comic, Cupidana Blitzen. <laughs> you see, I, I'd rather be watching Jingle All the Way than this movie. Uh, so, it opens up from a first person perspective, and it's a total video game first person perspective. It's, an open, it's a first person shooter cliche where it's like, oh, they're running, they're in the midst of battle, and it keeps blacking out, and the person's knocked unconscious and woken up in a different location, and it's filled in with exposition of what just happened. So, what we can get, we can gather from the details. It's years into the future. The machine empire has become one with human society, integrated their technology in with humans. And now Kimberly is kidnapped by former Power Ranger Rocky, your favorite Power Ranger, played by James Vanderbeek from Dawson's Creek fame. <laughs> <laughs> you know, saying that out loud sounds a lot dumber than when it actually comes yeah. out in the movie. <laughs> I wonder if, like, the people in the casting session is like, James Vanderbeek was going to be in this? Yeah. I don't want to wait for hours <laughs> to be over. I mean, I wonder how many times people saying that to him on set and he got annoyed. Oh. Vanderbeek is a very funny name. Vanderbeek? Is it just because it ends with beak or just like the Vanderbeek? Just, just because it ends with beak. <laughs> I mean, you got a, you got a van, which is good. You got a dur, which sounds funny. Then you got a beak, which is beak is comedy. Yes. You you call him the beak. <laughs> he always got a beak. That's for sure. And so it's the beak. Hey beak. Hey beak. Hey hi beak. Hey beak. Beak's ignoring ignoring me. A reference to Metallica's some kind of monster documentary there, replacing the name Zach with Beak. Jason blows me off. Beak blows me off. <laughs> and speaking of Jason, bringing it back to this movie. Yeah. That's, that's what Rocky, like, wow, that's whoo, transition right there. Rocky's looking for Jason because all the other Power Rangers seem to be dead. The original Power Rangers. And Rocky's interrogating Kimberly here, finding out what happened to him after the events of the machine empire coming down and everything is super futuristic. Everything looks kind of like blade runner, which is, I will admit production design is pretty cool for a fan film and pretty well done. Much better than turbo. Yeah. Go figure with a fracture in the budget, but how digital technology has improved over the two decades since the movies came out. So we we see, Briefly, that Kimberly married Jason, just like the the romance that was kind of kindled in the Turbo movie. Yes, this is why I was like, wait a minute here. Was this a, was this something that was happening all along within the series that I just somehow missed? I don't know. I, I mean, I'm actually curious now. Was that canon or not? <laughs> Looks up to see if it's canon. Yes, exactly. Uh. Did Kimberly marry Jason? Let's see what the results are. Um, who? Interesting. Tell me, what have you found? Tell me, admits that Jason and Kimberly were being in a relationship during an interview. Huh. Okay. So it was canon. Interesting. 
Go figure. Anyway, so this fan film shows the kind of progression of that they eventually get married and everything like that. And everything seems to be kumbaya. Chris, do they have a happy honeymoon? Looks like a great time to me. <laughs> yes. that That's how I'd want it. What? Gun down in a pickup truck? Yeah, why not? Go out with a bang. <laughs> Literally. It's all downhill after you get married anyway, right? That's true. He's like, huh, I have the the solace and everything. And then all of a sudden, they get shot on like they were freaking Bonnie and Clyde by the Machine Empire led by Bulk and Skull. That turned out to be meth addicts. Oh. I... And we've we've seen blood, and they've already cursed during it and everything like that. And it seems, and that's the biggest problem I have with this movie. It just seems so immature. That's, yeah, that's, that's my whole thing with this. This is like the kid who just figured out that he can curse when his parents aren't around. So he's just going to do it every second that he possibly can. And not the same, like, you can't swear or anything like that. And obviously, we, no. we've been swearing this entire episode because that was just to vent our fr- frustration with our... It's fucking with... great! Exactly. But this just seems like, hey, I want to do so- take this child show and make it very adult. What do adults do? They swear. They fucking swear all the fucking time. <laughs> and then, like, has bulk, like, call Kimberly a cunt at one point. And I'm like, Whoa! And it's saying he's a villain and everything like that. And you then like C word you can use. I mean, C word is a perfect description for men and women. So whoever it's perfect word. And when you use it and use it at the right time, it's like, it's like dropping a bomb. You're like, Whoa, it's a serious situation. However, within the context of power Rangers, even though it's supposed to be a more adult uh, telling of this story, it just seems so inappropriate. I prefer the word jerk. Yeah. But that's just me. I, I just, and then we get to see, Zach, your favorite Power Ranger. Yeah, I mean, legitimately my favorite Power Ranger. Yeah. I was confused for a second. I was like, no. Oh, actually, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and what is he up to lately? I'm very disappointed. Very disappointed in Zach using drugs. Yeah. You'd think that hip-hop keto would have taught him the discipline and the fun-loving nature that he needs to just live a life abstaining from drugs. But no. He succumbed to the vices that so many before him have. I think I know why he succumbs to those vices. Why? Because cookies and cream stop being good to him. (sighs) Cookies and cream... (laughs) You don't know how long I've been waiting to make that joke. Uh, when like, he popped up in the fan film, like, oh, cookies and cream. I was like, in my notes right there. And so we get to see that Zach is becomes... Uh, hi, Zach. <laughs> oh, God. He becomes, oh, God. <laughs> he's a thrill seeker. That's why he does drugs and everything like that. And he becomes an assassin and goes on missions because... It's a way to, it's a new rush and everything like that. So he fly, he halo jumps into North Korea and kills up, kills some gangsters and everything like that. What did you think of the fight scene that, that happens here? 
you know, I'm not a big fight scene guy. That it seems a little weird, you know. I love professional wrestling, but I'm not big on fight scenes. Yeah. They're just kind of there for me. I'd rather get back to the story. I, you know, I understand it has to happen, but um, yeah, I mean, I I suppose it was all right. I'm not I'm not the the harshest critic of fight scenes just because I I tend to zone out during them. Yeah, I mean, like I appreciate the fact that a lot of it is done in long takes and it's wide shots and it wasn't like constantly cutting like because the person can't fight and everything like that and obviously the blood effects were digital and everything because it's on a lower budget so i don't i can't knock them for that um it just felt that the suit the black suit was kind of bulky in my opinion yeah the suit didn't look that great i don't think i mean i we all can see where the money went it went to the digital effects and james vander beak and his beak <laughs> I have Money to right up the beak. <laughs> so it's another line item in the Excel sheet for when they're typing up the budget for this thing. James Vander Beak, James Vander's beak. The beak must, own, must be must be waxed after every take. Guys, own trailer. <laughs> <laughs> the beak mobile. Well, I, I think I'm I think I'm just being nosy right now. I'm not making fun <laughs> of him because of that. Ah. <laughs> uh. And so Rocky's looking for Tommy the entire uh, the entire time. He's trying to find out where he is and everything like that. And he, the reason why he's interrogating Kimberly because Kimberly knows where uh, Tommy is. And we get to see the other Power Rangers. We get to see that Billy became a trillionaire and supposedly committed suicide at one point. And it's one thing that I noticed that they, they make Billy's character an openly gay man. And I wonder if that was just kind of like a reflection that David Yost has come out since being on Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Yeah, that was a nice touch. Yes. As well as seeing that Trini had like Trini's character within the confines of this fandom had passed away. And I guess the actress who played Trini on the, in the original show because she passed away uh, right and suddenly I think it was leukemia, if I'm not mistaken, right? Wasn't it a car accident? Was it a car accident? Why am I saying like? I'm not entirely sure, actually. I apologize if I got the I got the death wrong. I apologize profusely, people. One of us is very wrong. Hold, yes. hold on a second. Let's let's look this up here. Yeah, let's be. She died in a car accident. Yes. I apologize, people. In 2001, at the age of 27, rest in peace, Doi Trang. Doi Trang. I apologize for misconstruing how you passed away. Now. It gets to the end, and Tommy shows up, kills the machine like goons there, watching them as uh, Rocky's interrogating uh, Kimberly. They get into a fight. Rocky gets the upper hand. Kimberly breaks out of her shackles and headshots Rocky, killing him. Tommy gets up and and I understand... Maybe not the best actors in the world and everything like that, but it was just like so stern and everything like that. And I'm just trying to be tough and everything because this is a gritty movie and everything like that. And who are you? Real Kimberly died in my arms. Yada, yada, yada. And it turns out it's Rita Repulsa in disguise. Woo. And then the movie ends like that. Yeah, that was my favorite part. <laughs> of course, when it ends, but 
I it's incredible. Like it, it was setting up to maybe to have a sequel and everything like that. I know they actually got into legal troubles afterwards, like getting ripped from the internet. But your overall feelings on this fan film? I just don't like the intent behind it. I think it just, it's such like a neck beard thing. Oh, yeah, we have to make parries. We have to make them curse and have blood and shoot guns and do drugs. and blo-. No. I'm sorry. That's just that's unrecognizable to the Power Rangers. You can make Power Rangers movies and content that takes itself seriously and can be enjoyed by an adult audience, not necessarily just for kids. No. But it doesn't have to be this. This is going too far in that direction to the point where it's just it's parody. And scrolling down the YouTube comments and how, oh, this is so much better than the movie that's coming out, blah, 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 blah. Just, I, 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 I mean, people can think what they want. People can have whatever opinion they want. To me, it just seems like it's just such a, such a neckbeard thing. That's the only term I can, I can think of to even describe it. Yeah, I mean, like, the guy who directed it, and it came from music videos, so he's known for creating, like, flashy images that's supposed to be, and not, like, maybe telling the best stories and everything. And it's just, uh, it just, it, it seems like it's appealing to the lowest common denominator of fans, and he's just using oh, Power, for Rangers, sure. and Power Rangers as the vehicle for it. Yeah, I mean, it was very well done. It's just, the tone is just not my type of thing. No. And since, like, both of us, like, I have, like, starting preparations on my own fan film of a certain character of pop culture. I'm kind of glad I rewatched this so I can know, all right, what not to do and the wrong intention behind making a fan film. Yeah. As much as this probably got praised by a lot of people, I think maybe they look back on it when they grow up a little bit and realize this is not power Rangers. This is just any old dime a dozen action movie just with the Power Rangers slapped on to it. Yeah. Ugh. I just feel like if you're really like, you must see everything, I guess watch it. If you have a moment and everything like that, I mean, it's shorter than turbo. I guess that's a positive. You can give it over turbo. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I was, I'm, trying to give, I'm trying to give it some positives and everything like that. But so yeah, if you want to check it out, cool. If, and then, after that, you've seen all like the ma- big major releases movie-wise when it comes to Power Rangers up until the Power Rangers movie. Now, what are your hopes for the Power Rangers 2017 movie? I hope it's not this. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I just hope it, it stays true to the feel of Power Rangers, what we know it as. As cheesy as it might be, I think that's a good thing when it comes to Power Rangers. I want it to have heart. You know, I want it to have hope. I want it to be kid-friendly. I don't think you need to go too far in the direction of pleasing older audiences because the older audiences that want to see it are going to see it regardless. You don't need to suck them in with, you know, with cheap little things that are just going to be grating. And, uh, you know, I, I just, I hope it, my my best hope for it is that it just has the heart of Power Rangers in general. I'm not hoping for some sort of timeless classic. I'm not hoping for it to be remembered in the same vein as the original series. Uh, I, I just I'd really just like to go in, you know, 
pay my 12 bucks or whatever, sit down and just enjoy it. Because enjoying superhero movies lately has been somewhat of a, it, it hasn't been easy. What like what do you mean by that? Just because of the movies themselves, or the mentality of fans surrounding them? The the movies themselves, the mentality of fans, the press, the reviews, the media—it's all just—it's so. It doesn't need to be this serious, okay? It's not politics. No, no. one's gonna die. People's lives aren't at stake here. No, it's superhero movies. It should be fun. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, because you and I have discussed on many occasions just like how, like, sure, people like fans of like one thing hating the fans of the other and just like a pissing contest between the two of them. And like, you have to verbally defend yourself because you like one thing that people don't like and everything. Like, both of us, we lean, we lean more towards the DC than Marvel, and that ruffles a lot of feathers of people, and it gets frustrating that, like, we have to defend ourselves, that we have the need to defend ourselves, that we enjoy something, that we enjoy a form of entertainment, and something that's supposed to be, that's supposed to be like, shared by all. You don't have to like it and everything, but it doesn't mean you have to degrade me for enjoying it or anything like that. And comic book movies and comic book fandom are just fans in general. Fans ruin things. I fully admit that, and I, I know I'm probably a culprit of that. Fans ruin things, but I think acknowledging that and acknowledging the faults that fans have when it comes to things they enjoy is a way to like, alright, I'm probably getting too wrapped up in this. I should probably ease off the gas a little bit. Coming back to the, the Cars reference with like Turbo and everything. And should realize this is just entertainment these movies will come they will go some will last some won't and then like my life will go on it will not be a determining factor where like that my life will come to ruins if this movie is not great up until my standards and everything like that so the same thing like i say like if comic book movies go bust and everything like that okay there's still gonna be comic book tv shows it's going to be comic books and then all the stuff that came previous before then is still going to be there for you to go back and watch and everything like that. So relax, people. Everything's going to be fine. Let's just have fun with the movies. That's what they're supposed to be there. They're supposed to entertain us or tell a good story or make us think or anything like that. That's what they're there for. Hopefully that we can get back to that. Well said. Yes. All right. Any last thoughts on this before we close out the episode? I hated both of these, and it ruined my life. Goodbye. Well, well, I guess uh, I have my uh, pleas fell on deaf ears there. Anyway, um, (laughs) (laughs) I didn't. I I I dislike both these movies for different reasons, and I'm just like, all right, those things exist. They probably have their fans. I'm not one of them. Let's move on. And that's all I have to really say about that. Uh, in the words of Forrest Gump, that's all I got to say about that. <laughs> so, Chris, if you want people to follow you on social media and follow you on your podcast, where can they find you and your podcast? Well, I have a podcast called Music of the Mat, a podcast dedicated to the music of professional wrestling. We've done episodes covering all of The Undertaker's themes, AJ Styles, the NWO, and most recently WrestleMania. You can find us on iTunes by searching for Voices of Wrestling. We're a part of the Voices of Wrestling podcast network. You can also visit VoicesOfWrestling.com uh, 
tons of great podcasts, articles, reviews, previews, all sorts of pieces on professional wrestling as a whole. A tremendous site. I'm really happy to be a part of it. Voiceofwrestling.com. And you can follow us on Twitter at Music of the Mat. Uh, so, yeah, if wrestling's your thing and you like wrestling theme music, we, hey, listen, we're the only wrestling music podcast that I'm aware of. So give us a listen. All right. And if you want to follow me on social media, you can follow me on Twitter at Timothy Rooney 2, Instagram at TRooney1012, and my Facebook and YouTube page under the same banner of Through the Lens Productions, where one of my short films, A Cowardly Lot, the a short film that Chris was very gracious to provide a music score for, is up there. And we are working on uh, more projects in the future. Like, I'm shooting something this weekend, a 15-second like horror movie challenge that I'll probably be getting out real soon. And then the big project, a fan film dedicated to Batman. Yes, I'm doing a Batman fan film, which and, uh, and Chris has um, volunteered to be to do the score for it. So we're very excited to bring that to people. And hopefully people will enjoy that when it comes out. Yes, very excited. Yes, and I hope people will enjoy it. And don't worry, it's not going to be the same tone as this Power Rangers movie. I'm gonna, I treat it with care and everything like that. I thought you were going to do a shot-for-shot remake, but just make it Batman. I thought that's what we agreed you were doing. No, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to have somebody like say, Fuck you, Batman! And fire a machine gun at him. You're not going to have Joker talks? (laughs) With cleavage? (laughs) Jesus. That's a scary thought. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) It's late. Yes, I'm is. sorry, people. Yeah. So I'm hope sorry. Everybody... This movie drained the life out of me. Yeah. So I hope everybody's enjoyed this uh, podcast review of Turbo, a Power Rangers movie. And stay tuned. And you can obviously follow this podcast on iTunes.com. Previous episode, but the Boondock Saints review, where we talked about the movie for St. Patty's Day. And episode before that, we covered the first Power Rangers movie under the title Mighty Morphin Power Pod. So, Chris, thank you again for... Uh, being a part of this podcast. Thank you for having me. I hope to return with a much more positive review of a much more positive experience of a much more positive movie. Positive things. Positive. Positivity. Positivity. Welcome. Warmth. Heart. Levity. Yes. Romance. Desire. (laughs) Yes. Oh, so thank you for listening to this episode, and we'll talk to you guys soon.